Mike, I've got great news. <laughs> I'm really confident this, this is time. The worst <laughs> long running meme of this show. It really is. I'm really sure, though. I'm like super duper sure. Yep. For realsies, the next season of Drives to Survive is starting. What did we say? March 11. Is that right? I don't even know the date. Uh, March, 11. March 11. Yep. So it'll How be can you March 11. Make such a big thing out of this and then not know the date. Because I actually Plus it's written there in the document. It says eleven March. It says Yes, it. indeed. Yeah, so you're bad cop this episode. I see how it is. Uh, I always <laughs> though. <laughs> Fair. Uh so yeah, so Drive to Survive, uh, if you're new here, uh it's the Netflix like documentary show um that covers the prior season of Formula One and uh ooh, this prior season was a doozy. It was a great season. Um I don't know if we've spoken about this or not, I don't remember, but did you know that Max is not participating in at all in Drive to Survive this year? Oh, I think you did mention that, and I had completely forgotten about that. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. going to be kind of crummy. He said that um, the previous seasons made him out to look like a villain, and like he does come across as a villain. So if that, if you know, if he feels like he's being misrepresented, then maybe I would understand why he didn't want to be in it. Um, I mean, you know, look, long-time listeners to the show know I have no love for Max Verstappen anyway, so I don't think there's mm-hmm. going to be any real particular thing. There is something funny to me that, like, as far as I can tell, he's the only person that has said this, which is, I don't know, that's just funny to me. Like, everyone else is fine with it, but he says, oh, they make me like a villain. What makes you the odd one out there, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Yeah, so, so Marley's, Marley's in the chat. Maybe he shouldn't be a villain. Like, yeah. That's exactly what I was uh-huh. going to say. Like, so true. And Marley's like, can get away with it, right? So Marley's can say it So because Marley's is from the Netherlands, so mm-hmm. if Marley says it, it's true. Yeah, see, it may, if you don't want to sound or, or be per- portrayed as a jerk, here's here's a novel idea, Max. Maybe <laughs> don't be a jerk. Like maybe that's the first yeah. step. I, look, I have no doubt. This is like any kind of documentary thing or whatever. Like your words will be taken out of context and sure, used against absolutely. you. Like that is just how these things go. Like that's what your participation. But there is like a, it is a shame, I will say, because he was the world champion. Like not so much because yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. obviously I would love to hear his side rather than just Christian Horner talking about it, right? Like when they're talking, because obviously there's going to be a lot of stuff about him and Lewis, right? And Mm -hmm. there's some clips in the trailer that seem to indicate like Lewis talking about a bit of rivalry kind of thing. Who knows Mm -hmm. what that's from or when that was done or whatever, right? Um, What like what point in the season that was said. But he is the world champion. And I think it's a shame that we're not going to get any any kind of like one-on-one interview with him about his thoughts on the season. I actually think that that is a, is a shame. Honestly. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, whether you, Mike, or you collective, you know, people or you listener are happy or sad about the result of the season, I still think it was a season for the ages. Now, admittedly, I've only been following for a couple of years, but from everything I've understood, it was a really tremendous season. Well, you know, people in the sport called it the best season of all time. So right, exactly. You know. So, I mean, I feel like, yes, the, the ending, I don't want to relitigate that, uh, yeah. but the ending was crummy, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, like, I don't even, know how much I want to relive any of it, but we'll see. You know? <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, I don't know. Now, didn't Mercedes, wasn't Mercedes too cool for school for like the first season of Drive to Survive? Mercedes and Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. And then they all came crawling right, back. Right, but it made and, sense though, because it was like, they don't need that and they didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. And, 
then it seemed to be good for the sport, so everyone got on board. I, I that made sense to me. Like I had no issue with that in the beginning. Like the two established, well-known players, like they have their. Everyone has their own story to tell. And if you're Mercedes and you're Ferrari, you don't need anyone to tell your story. You can do a good enough job on your own. Um, yeah, but I understand that. Like then it's like, oh no, wait, this is good for the entire sport. We'll all be involved in this, and now they are. Um, so. I'm so, so excited for the start of the season. I cannot wait, man. I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm very excited for the start of the F1 season, and I'm excited to see this recap. Uh, I am not excited for uh, for Christian Horner, who is a man that loves the sound of his own voice more than any man who has ever lived, except maybe Trump. Uh, he, Christian Horner loves Christian Horner, and you know, since I can't talk to Max, Christian will operate as max's proxy and oh god i'm just not looking forward to that at all yeah well this is what it's gonna be they got my favorite thing of the entire season though when uh when toto smashed the headset that's in the trailer (laughs) it looks like they got some high quality footage of that i have a gif that i've saved i made a gif of that moment and i keep it and i use it every now and then this is just like the best thing that is excellent. Uh, you know what? That, that That is a good thing. It is not the best thing. And this is not one of my classic Casey uh, terrible segues uh, to a it sponsor anyway. It really sounded anyway. like it, though. It, it did sound like it. It's a, it's a terrible segue to something that something else that's excellent. Well, actually, uh, let, let, me, let me segue again. Let me tie these two things together because this oh, okay, is why please. I moved this part in the document up. So it mm-hmm. comes out on the 11th, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I'm planning to watch most of the series on a plane. Because ah, I'm going to be in Memphis, um, but at the end of this week, that is when this super episode exciting. goes up, uh, I'll be in Memphis. That is extremely, extremely exciting, and I am very jealous that you are getting to see Stephen. Particularly, I'm jealous that you're getting to see any of your friends. Period. Um, so I'm so excited for you. Yeah, I'm really, really pumped. This is obviously it's been, you know, everyone knows by now how these conversations go or whatever, but we haven't been together since Podcastathon 1. I think that does mm-hmm. a better job of like putting it yeah. into perspective rather than just saying September 2019. Yep. The Podcastathon, the first one that we did in person, it was the last time me and Stephen saw each other. So I'm uh, very, very excited. I'm very, um, I'm very much looking forward to it. I have to apologize. I'm slightly distracted by everyone in the Discord pasting different versions of Toto throwing his headphones down. There's like different views, different versions. This is delightful. I, I'm, I'm so here for this. We might have to pause the show for a minute. But, That's so good. Um, it's so good. It is so delightful. Do you know Bose pulled their sponsorship is what I heard? I don't know if that's true or not. But after he smashed the headset, did they? That apparently Bose pulled their sponsorship for that. That's hilarious. Which yeah, I would lean yeah. into it and be like, look, exactly. the, the, the headset still works. It's great. Assuming I don't it does. think that headset works, Casey. <laughs> Toto's not a small man, from what I can tell, both both in terms of like build and in terms of height. So I've got to imagine he did a number on those headsets. Oh, he absolutely destroyed it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a at one, one of the drive to survive, they show him working out. He's a uh, he's yeah, a, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a yeah. big old boy. He's a big old boy. All right, so you're off to Memphis. I'm very jealous. And this is with Adina, is that right? Yeah, we're going together. That's awesome. I am so, so excited and so jealous. I'm looking forward to you surprising me in, in Richmond. That'll be a really, really fun surprise. Yeah, I've cleared my calendar awesome. just to be safe. Yeah, look, mm-hmm. for, look, look out for me. Look for me in the sky. <laughs> I might pop in at any moment. Driving in on a completely American-owned and American, uh, maybe American-made uh, Mini with a Union Jack on the top. Because that happens around here. American-made Mini? 
I don't where are they made? No, it's the SUVs that are made in South Carolina. What are you talking about? A, a lot of BMWs are made in America. They're made in South Carolina. I think it's right. the SUVs, though, okay. if I remember right. right. So I, okay. I think I'm wrong in saying the Minis are made here. I apologize. Right. Okay. My apologies to you, your country, and also Germany. I mean, whatever. I just, <laughs> it's not so much. Like, I don't care. It's just like, I don't know. You go on these tangents, right? And it's like only your brain can follow what you're talking about. Uh, I'm sorry. You know? It, it, this is why Alex Cox and I are 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 one true pairings because we we can we can go get a little disjoint from time to time. I feel like I can follow Alex better than I can follow you sometimes. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right, I'll bring it back around. Yeah. Uh, you posted something very exciting, which yep. I I feel like you may have mentioned in passing to me privately, but I didn't know mm. like was imminent. You're uh, bringing the podcast mentorship. Not well, I was going to say bringing it back, but that's not really true. You're doing another round. I'm reopening submissions. Look at um, that. For the, the mentorship program. So it's been going for nearly two years now. Um, and we're having a great time. But I wanted to um, mix things up a little bit. Like what I've learned over the last couple of years is I think that my skills, my knowledge is best suited to people that have already gotten their podcasts off the ground in some way. And then I can help guide them. I don't know mm -hmm. how uh, helpful I can be on kind of like a one-to-one -one or a one-to-a-small group of like, let me help you come up with an idea. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, I'm, I'm much better at like, all right, so you've got the idea part. Let me help you shape that. Let me help you guide that. Let's try and make this a thing. Um, and so I've reopened the podcast mentorship. You can go and take a look at podcastmentorship.net where I've got all the information in the form. So now really I'm, I, for this second group, uh, that we'll be looking to bring in sometime in the next few months, I am looking for people that already have had a, already have an ongoing project of some kind. Um, because I really think that that's where my, my skills are best suited at. Uh, again, what I'm looking for in this group is people that are not like me background-wise. Uh, so the, the easiest way to say it is what I'm not looking for is white straight men. Um, I'm not saying no white people. I'm not saying no straight people. I think you can work <laughs> this out on your own, right? Um, so yeah, I particularly encourage, that's what I put in the thing, uh, I particularly encourage women and members of the uh, BIPOC, AAPI, API, and LGBTQIA plus communities to apply. Um, now, what I will say is I'm very aware that if we're talking about an existing show, an existing shows could have multiple hosts, right? Mm -hmm. My goal here is, well, my option that I will give is all of the hosts of any show can join the program or it can just be one host or whatever. And I'm also aware that shows can be made up of different types of people. So if you have a show with like three people on it and one of them is a straight white man, but the other two people aren't, totally cool, you can apply, right? That that's I feel like I've got to kind of maybe be a little bit more flexible here. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'm looking for is to help boost more voices that are unlike mine in the communities in which I'm a part of. So that's the goal here. Um, so you can go to podcastmentorship.net and apply. It's been interesting to me so far because I've only tweeted about this a few times. I've gotten way fewer, way, way fewer submissions so far than I did last time. Oh, I wonder why that and is. I think it's, well, I think part of it is I have made it a little bit more complicated, right? Like it isn't just as simple as, 
oh, I would like to have a podcast, right? Like I have mm-hmm. raised the requirement level a little sure. bit by saying you have to have already gotten something off the ground. What I will say is like I left the form open for a long time and I've gone through it and there are already a bunch of people in the document previously who have podcasts of their own um, who left me their information in the time since I've started the program. So I'm going to be reviewing all of those previous applicants too to see if like they're still interested and if I think that they would be a good fit for what I'd be able to do. But I haven't mentioned it on any shows. This is the only show that I've mentioned it on so far. I may mention it on more depending on what happens over the next few weeks. Um, so if this sounds like something you would be interested in, uh, go to podcastmentorship.net and you can, you can fill that out. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. Is there a deadline for filling this out or just not at the sometime? moment? Not okay. at the moment. So soonish, if you could, please. Yeah, sooner rather than later. Ideally, I would like to in March start contacting people, but it all depends on how many uh, recipients we get. The form's going to stay open anyway for the reason, like I've just mentioned. It's like by having sure. that form open, there have been people that have seen it or heard about it over the last two years and have left their information and therefore I now have a group of people that I will be able to contact and see if they're still interested in joining the program um, it's going to be fewer probably than the original group uh, but I just I don't know how many yet it kind of depends right like my thinking was maybe I'll bringing like four or five shows but mm-hmm. it depends on how many hosts there are if each show has five hosts well I don't know how many I'll be able to do right so not five incomparables. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you do you want to talk any about how the first season or first group or cohort or whatever word you'd like to use? Uh, do you want to talk any about how you feel that went, either in brief or in long, if you would like? Uh, yeah. I mean, we're we're still doing great. Like I've been trying to. The main thing for me really is like trying to work out how, what I can offer to people. You know, like this sure. has been the big thing, and I think that there have been some members of the group that have been able to get more out of it than others just based on where they are in their journey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we have a Discord, which we're all in together, and we can talk and share stuff. And um, I've kind of started to change my approach a little bit because previously I'd been doing kind of like mini lectures once a month, like pick a topic and go tell you everything I know about it. Mm -hmm. And I ran out of stuff. (laughs) <laughs> and I didn't know what to do anymore. And then we did our first group project and we're, I hope we're going to be able to do more of those uh, with people involved in, like just as a way to like get people to flex their muscles, you know? Sure. Um, and if people want to check that out, like there's a, I'll put a podcast link in the show notes too so people can go and listen to some of the voices that we've had. Yeah, they, they were really good. This was the My Hero, right? Or yeah. something along yeah. those lines? Okay. Yeah, that was really worth listening to. I, I enjoyed that. And so, you know, we've had that. But then what I've realized now, because I kind of like I, I took a break from having calls for a couple of months because I I had a lot going on over the holidays. So I was traveling too. And also I just wasn't really sure what to go for, like what to be offering. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in talking with the group, basically where I've landed is now I'm, I'm effectively going to be having, and this will be the same for the new group and how we'll be focusing that is once a month, it will be basically I will have office hours for two hours on a call with everyone mm. who wants to join and they can just bring challenges, questions, whatever they've got um, and we can talk stuff through together as a group. And we did one of those a couple of weeks ago and I was really, really happy with how it went. Like It's, it's so, so interesting to me still. Like it, it, It's a lot of emotional 
um, like a mental work. I don't want to use the word burden, but like, because that's not what I mean. But it's something I keep in my mind a lot, and I feel a lot of like personal pressure from it. And I wonder, like, you know, am I really doing good for people or whatever? And it's like it consumes me a little bit sometimes, just like any of my projects do. But after mm. I have those calls, I just feel so energized. Like, it's it's so great to be able to work with people like this. And uh, I, and now I'm like, I'm really happy that I found like a new direction for the group in that having these kind of like more unstructured time because anything can come up and it's cool and makes me feel smart, you know, cause like I feel <laughs> like I know something, whether it's right or not. And, um, and it, I don't know, it makes me feel like I can give something to people. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I want to want to like change things up and, and, and grow the group. So uh, I hope that there's people out there that will be interested. I think I've said this to you several times, but I'll say it again. Uh, I'm extremely proud of you for what you're doing with this. And, and I think this is excellent and really putting your, your time where your mouth is, you know, all of us and including me, we like to say that we, you know, support, you know, things like black lives matter and marginalized communities and things like that. And you're absolutely spending your time, which is arguably your most precious resource in order to try to put a positive change into the world. And I really admire you for that. Um, I'll echo what I've said in the past that I don't know that it is necessary or appropriate for me to be involved in any capacity in this. But if there's ever a time, um, you tell me where to be when and I'll be happy to be there. Uh, But no, this is this is super excellent. I'm really excited for you and for the uh, forthcoming mentees. That should be really great. That was it for me, though. Like that thing you landed on, which is one of the reasons I started doing it, is I noticed I was saying a lot of stuff. I wasn't actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so no, I totally hear you. Now I do something. I'm not changing the world, but I'm making an effect in, yeah. or at least trying to, right? Like rather than just saying, like, hey, I support this thing. Um, you know, and you can give money to causes or whatever, but I actually am in the relatively small proportion of people that can do something like and and it actually affects some people so i'm doing that rather than just saying it yep no i'm I'm super proud of you i hope you're proud of yourself and this is excellent um in in other news you know if you wanted to and going back just a half step if you wanted to be big in in strong like total wolf do you have any tips on how to get that way yeah Yeah. (laughs) if you want to be big and strong or you just want to be good, fit, you want to be bringing in a new element of health into your life, you check out FitBod. But here's the thing. Between balancing work, family, and everything else that you have going on in your life, sometimes it can be hard to make fitness a priority. And you think, how will I be big and strong like Total Wolf? What you need is a program <laughs> that's going to work with you, not against you. And that's why you need FitBod. FitBod's algorithm learns about you and your goals and your training ability. And it's going to craft a personalized exercise plan that is unique to you. And their app makes it incredibly easy to learn exactly how to perform every exercise. These two parts made such a big difference to me to start, you know, from FitBod helping start me on my current fitness journey, which I've been on for the last, you know, year or so. Because it was about me finding something that felt like it was for me and then having the safety and security of getting things really explained to me in a way that I could see visually make sense. So then I felt comfortable in doing the exercises. Because personal fitness as well, this is a huge thing for me, is not about competing with other people. You don't want to or have to look towards others and try and stack up against them doing what they do. You need something that will work for you. That's when it sticks and you're going to see the results that you want. 
And Fitbod uses data to create and adjust your dynamic fitness plan. And you're going to have instant access to your own personalized routine in their awesome app so you can make progress on your goals from anywhere. Because everybody's fitness path is different, which is why Fitbod does so much work to make sure that they customize the things exactly to suit you. And they make sure to learn from your last workout so your next will be even better no matter how much you're working out. Fitbod even tracks muscle recovery to make sure that your plan is balanced of a variety of exercises so you're not going to be overworking anything. The Fitbod app is really easy to use and it's been uh, updated recently with a wonderful new design. They have brand new HD video tutorials shot from multiple angles to make sure that you're learning every exercise and really like making sure that that's a breeze for you. Fitbod also integrates with your Apple Watch, Wear OS smartwatch and apps like Strava, Fitbit and Apple Health. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive but Fitbod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbod.me slash analog. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash analog and you're going to get 25% off your membership. One last time, that is fitbod.me slash analog for 25% off. A thanks to Fitbod for the support of this show and Relay FM. So I've got a little bit of personal news to share. Ah, are you moving on? Uh, yes, yeah, this is the last episode of the show. We're not oh, making it man. to 200. No, no. Wow. Um, uh, I am masquerading again as an app developer. Oh, god! Which isn't my job, one would think or you, say. Was perhaps. that intended? Slightly, yes. All right. uh, <laughs> but um, I, as you hear this, re- people who are listening to the released version of this show, you will be able to download. Uh, my new iOS app, which is called Masquerade, is spelled in a slightly funny way, um, and I'll explain why in a moment, but uh, it is going to be available uh, as soon as this coming Thursday, so by the time you listen to this, you will be able to download it. Um, so what is this? This is um, th- this is a thing like PeakView to scratch my own itch, and it is also kind of sort of family-related. Um, when I... And we've talked about this on Analog, actually. When when Declan turned four-ish, it occurred to me, you know, he's no no longer a squish. You know, he's he's kind of a real honest to goodness person. And now that he's a real honest to goodness person, even though he isn't necessarily capable of really understanding like what me putting his picture on the internet means, what if when he's a teenager, somebody goes like spelunking down the duck duck go rabbit hole? and tries to find old pictures of Declan for the purposes of like, um, I don't know, embarrassing him or something. And they find some, you know, cute, but ultimately embarrassing photo of him that I put on Instagram when he was four. This is probably a doomsday scenario that, that I don't need to be worried about, but it's something that I worry a little bit about. I feel like it it's not really appropriate for him, for me to be putting many pictures of him and now Michaela uh, all over all over the internet without his yeah. consent. There's a podcaster and, and video producer that uh, I've come to really enjoy uh, called Greg Miller. And he uh, runs Kind of Funny, which is like a podcast network, YouTube channel kind of thing. And he recently had a baby with his partner, Jen, and they don't show pictures of their son um, online, same as you. And right. I was just listening to something that he made for his Patreon today. And was talking about this exact thing and he was saying that like there's a couple of things for him about it one it's like a consent thing right like especially when the child is young they are not able to consent to you putting their images online right which is one thing and he's saying that too because of the situation that he is in 
his child's life was just inherently different to the lives of other children, especially as he starts to grow up, because mm-hmm. his dad is a is micro famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what that means is that stuff is more visible, information about him. Like he's just going to live a very different kind of life to the people at school, and like he is more, much more micro famous than me and you. Um, I think he has like a million followers on Twitter or something like Greg's been around forever. That's borderline like real famous as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, Yeah. I'm with you. But you know, like they, their content has like, you know, in the, I think like two to 300,000 listener range, I believe at its top, which is like big, like that's big, but it's, you're still not like quote unquote celebrity, right? Sure. At, that, at that level, it's it's still kind of some level of micro-famous, micro-famous. It's fame, though, right? It's still yeah, fame. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I just thought it was like just like another take on it, which is like, I know places that we've learned on before, but it's more just about like allowing that child to understand their life and then to make choices from it, which they are unable to make, especially as very, very young children. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And and so the idea is, hey, I want to share a picture of the family, but you know, Declan and Michaela are in it, and I want to obscure their faces some way, somehow. And what I typically will do is, if I'm going to do this, it's probably going to be to Instagram, and but not definitely. And and I'll probably want to do it on a story, and I'll put like a little emoji on top of their faces. And after doing this many times, it occurred to me this is dumb. Like, why? Th- there's got to be a better way to do this. And because I'm me, I decided, well, the better way is to write an app to do it. But the problem is, how do you detect where a face is in an image? And it occurred to me, I had heard a rumble or watched a WWDC session or something like that about how Apple has some, some vision kit APIs, they call it. And so basically some, some you know, very smart machine learning based uh, vision APIs. And you can detect um, objects in a picture. This is the same stuff that powers, like if I take a picture of Penny, it'll tell me, oh, she's Sharpay. And among other things, it'll do face detection. This is actually what you would see in the photos, or in the, excuse me, in the camera app, when you go to take a picture and you see little like yep. uh, gold yellow um, boxes around people's faces. It's saying, oh, I see that there's a person there. Of all the things that their machine learning can detect with accuracy, you'd expect at this point that faces would be <laughs> like, I'm not, this isn't a joke. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just because it's the thing that they've been trying to analyze for the longest and it's probably the most predictable, right? Like I would expect, but at this point. Yeah, you would think so. Um, so anyways, so I, it occurred to me, well, they're, they're, there's got to be a way for me to do this. And now that I see that there's this API, well, let me see if I can put something together. And sure enough, I was able to do that. And so Masquerade, the what I wrote Masquerade for, and it's spelled M-A-S-K-E-R-A-I-D, uh, reason being it's helping you, it's helping aid you to mask a person. And that's why I wrote it, was to to help aid in masking my kids. And and I can't take credit for the name. I had a truly terrible code name. Do you want to share um, the name? I can. Um, I, it was called Face Splash, because the idea was you're like putting a splash in front of somebody's face. Uh, like, you know, like, like uh, what's the Nintendo game? Um, uh, shoot, the, the paint... Splash. Uh, Shooter, uh, Splatoon. Yes, thank you. Uh, and that's that was kind of where it came from. But then there were um, there are connotations that I did not intend that it didn't yeah. even cross my mind about. And yeah, so, and it's also uh, just not a great name. And it's not a great name like, I love to begin you, with. But yeah, yeah. Not, no, 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 well, no. Not, uh, not as good as the other names. Vignette and Peak of You, way better. Face Splash, bad name. You have had an even worse icon. 
uh, yeah. for the con. Yeah, it's terrible. You were using what is it the the, the splash emoji, right? Yeah, the the like yeah. wave emoji. If I mm-hmm. if I recall correctly, like yeah, something like that. And uh, it was all bad. It was bad all the way down. Uh, but my friend Stee, as has been mentioned many times on the show, uh, Stee did the vignette icon. You did the peak view icon. Uh, not only did he do this icon as well, but um, he also did, he came up with a name and he, I was telling him, you know, I have this idea and I want you to do the icon, blah, blah, blah. And I can't come up with a name. And then like within a day or so, uh, Steve just dropped this freaking gem on me of masquerade. And I was like, oh my God, it's perfect. It, it has to be the winner. So anyway, so yeah, so the idea of the app and the reason I wrote the app was to hide kids' faces and that's what it's ostensibly for. But then some guy I know, uh, whose name kind of sounds like Schmike Murley, um, had pointed out to me that, wait a second, this is more than just masking faces. This is just adding emoji to an image. Yeah, because I don't want to do myself what the app does. So like, I came right. at it from a different angle because I don't need this. Totally. But what I said to Casey was, well, this is also just like a really nice and easy way to just put emoji on an image you know, cleanly. Yeah. And, and you encouraged me, we had a really, really, really lovely and really useful chat. I don't know, like a week ago, um, where I was talking through a bunch of like release stuff with you and one, uh, and you gave me a bunch of really great tips, but I think the best tip that you gave me was, Hey man, lean into the, uh, the addendum, you know, lead, lead into the annotations, I should say, of being able to add emoji. And then you can throw in on the side, you know, oh, and by the way, it'll detect faces. And I think that was really brilliant. And I'm really glad you said something to me about it. Because I noticed this in your, 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 uh, you showed me your announcement blog post. Annotations. Why do you keep saying that? As opposed to what? I don't know. But annotations as a word does not convey to me what I think you're trying to get across. All right. Well, I'll have to workshop that then. I, I mean, what you do is just adding emoji. Or like there are like emoji stickers or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's actually, calling that's them a better word annotations for it, yeah. is like, it, I was reading it and I was like, that's not like for me, like an annotation is like a pure text thing. It's like, yeah, that, I know that it's like, it's hard to describe. But I think mm-hmm. we might want to workshop annotations a little <laughs> bit fair. more. Right. That's fair. No, that's also good feedback. Um, so yeah, so so that's the idea of the app. Um, it is free to put just the most basic standard smiley face on an image, and it does the face detection and all that. Um, but if, if you want to put any of the other emoji on there, you need to pay a one-time in-app purchase, which as of right now is $3.99. As of right now, I don't intend to change that price, but we'll see what happens. No guarantees. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you pay that three ninety nine, you can, or excuse me, two ninety nine. Okay, that's better. I was gonna say three ninety nine is too much. Two ninety nine feels perfect. Yep. Sorry about that. If I apologize, but um, but yeah, so two ninety nine, three dollars. Uh, if you pay three dollars, then you can, or equivalent, then you can get all the emoji, and um, and that's that's where it is right now. Um. I'm excited. I'm scared. Uh, the plan is obviously we're talking about it now. Uh, I'm going to be talking about it on an ETP as we record this tomorrow night uh, mm-hmm. on the the night of the second, and that'll come out the the morning of the third probably. And then on Thursday the third is when I'm hope hopefully going to have the big media push amongst the Apple world. And um, now that now that it's available, I plan to reach out to the like mommy bloggers. And I don't mean that dismissively, but that's like kind of its own genre. Um, and reach out to. Can we just say parenting bloggers? Like, why do we have okay, to say parenting mommy bloggers? bloggers I'm going to reach out to the parenting bloggers. We'll fix go. it in post, right? I'm going to reach out to the parenting bloggers and uh, and hopefully get a couple of them uh, to pay it a little bit of attention and see what happens. I don't expect that to happen, but you know, 
weirder things have happened. You know, we yeah. have a good friend that had the number one app on the App Store for weeks, so you never mm-hmm. know. Uh, so I would like to restate the pitch for Masquerade, which yep, is please. just in its simplicity. Masquerade allows you to add emoji arbitrarily to an image of automatic face detection. That's what Masquerade does. Yeah, so, that's very good. Right, so, It's like you've done marketing or something. I know, my friend. I know, can you imagine <laughs> such? Um, how was development for you on this project? I mean, you've been going through some real existential crises during this whole process. <laughs> You're not wrong. Right? Uh, it was actually mostly pretty good, especially coming off of uh, Goaltender, which is the thing that I'd worked on for like a year and then eventually abandoned. Yeah, do you, Have you ever spoken about what Goaltender was? I don't even remember. I thought we did on the show. I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember. But just give a restate then because you feel sure. like you're comfortable enough to say. So the idea with Goaltender is... Uh, or was, Apple will assign you a monthly goal based on your fitness and, and activity and whatnot. So as an example, a monthly goal may be walk 100 miles in the month or it might be burn 30,000 calories or what have you. And they don't do a terribly great job of showing you not only, like, like they'll show you, oh, of your 30,000 calories, you've burned 15,000. But they don't do a good job of saying, well, at this rate, you need to burn you know 34,000 calories every day for the rest of the month in order to hit your goal. Obviously, that math doesn't make sense, but you get my point. Um, and so Goaltender was intended to show you, you know, not only how much of your cumulative goal is complete, but also are you or are you on or off pace? Where are so, these goals? Um, what are these goals? Uh, do I have my phone on me? Yes, I do. So if you go into do 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 do, you so go into in the activity app. Oh, it's in the activity or fitness yeah. app in the fitness app. Fitness app. And then if you scroll down on the summary tab, which is the default tab, um, you can see March challenge. And for me, it's I have currently completed ninety nine of twenty four thousand one hundred kilocalories. I don't see any of this. I've just it's got... in the awards section. So I see in the Show sections, more? I see the activity, workout, oh, mindfulness, trends, okay. and then awards competitions. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Okay, hmm, I don't see that. Well, whatever. I don't, maybe it's an option. I don't know. But well, that's just my March challenge is on the go for it. Oh, yes, I see that. Yes, I'm sorry. I was on a different screen. Yes, that's exactly okay. right. Um, so anyway, so uh, Goaltender was supposed to give you more than anything else an idea of whether or not you're on pace. Mm. And and that's something that Apple does not do as far as I'm aware. But the problem with Goaltender to not you know go through that whole rigmarole one more time is I felt like it needed to have a watch app. Whether or not that's true, let's leave aside for another day. But I felt like it needed to have a watch app. It needed to have complications and widgets and so on and so forth. And doing watch development absolutely broke me. It, it, I, I mean, well, that's probably a bit hyperbolic, but it, it really took the wind out of my sails. And I just felt like there was nothing I could do to make that app work the way I wanted it to. It was outside of my capabilities or certainly the amount of time I'm willing to spend making it work. And because of that, I just gave up on it. And then I started Masquerade a little while after. Yeah, I think that you've you landed on the much better idea. Goaltender, not a bad idea. I just don't really think it has great market potential. Agreed, agreed. Where I think Masquerade has a much better, like, concise explanation to why Mm -hmm. you would want it, what it does, and, you know. Yep, I couldn't agree more. And so I started down the path of, of making Masquerade in September, late September, if I recall correctly, and I put together a basic proof of concept in the span of about a day. Mm-hmm. And once I had that, I realized, okay, then maybe I can get something going here. And and the development process, for the most part, was really good. Um, there were definitely 
moments where I was extremely frustrated. Um, the entire app is written with Swift UI for all intents and purposes. There's a couple of places where I had to like surface a UI kit thing. Um, Swift UI, if you're not familiar, is like the new hotness way of writing iOS app, or really actually Apple platform apps. Um, and it's 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 what Apple seems to want us to use, but in a lot of ways, what Swift UI is great at is it it makes super easy things, generally speaking, remain easy. Some surprisingly difficult things become easy, but like that whole swath in the middle, it can be really hit or miss. Uh, and so there were definitely times that I fought against Swift UI, and that Swift UI just was was very frustrating. I don't think it's all doomsday, like a lot of nerds like me seem to want to tell you. I think it actually is pretty good, but there are definitely problems there. It's definitely not been dog fooded well, as much in Apple as I would like. But all in all, it was pretty good. And certainly, I don't think this app would exist with, or so I would not have done the the face detection in this app were it not for the API that Apple provides me. So, in that sense, it was all it was all pretty good, all all told. And certainly compared to Goaltender, golly, it was night and day better. I feel like maybe compared to the other ones too. Vignette was tough. Peak of View was mostly okay. Peak of View wasn't bad. Vignette was tough because right. there was a lot of moving parts to Vignette, and I felt like I was releasing an app based on a foundation of hacks, which is kind of true in that I was trying to extract information from these services that they didn't necessarily want me to have. And I didn't do anything like truly nefarious to get it, but, um, I was certainly on the edge of nefarious. And so, yeah, yeah I think this one was probably it, this or peak of you are close as the most pleasurable. And this one might edge out peak of you ever so slightly. Well, I will say though, I think maybe this is benefited from the use of Swift UI. I think this is your best looking app that you've made. Oh, without fa- without question. I completely agree. That's like showing that like that real benefit of using these tools now um, is that it seems like just the basics that they provide, they're more modern looking and you have more available to you. Like the drawer that you built look, just looks mm-hmm. really good and it works oh, really well. Um, like this is where like if you unlock the uh, in-app purchase, you can press the plus button or whatever and you can basically scroll through all the emoji available and add whatever you want. And it just works really nicely and it and it looks good. Um, and I know that like design is not your no. <laughs> are you familiar with no. the meme graphic design is my passion? And, yes, I think yeah, so, yeah, and it's always like bad graphic design. And yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah, you're yeah. at that level, but it's like that's just not and it's the same for a lot of d- developers, right? Like well, and it's the same for designers. Designers design, developers develop like code. Like it's totally. different mm-hmm. skill sets. But like this is the benefit of using stuff like Swift UI is that they've actually done some of the hard work for you and you can build something with the standard tools and you add some color and a decent logo and you're you're most of the way there. And I think that this app has really benefited from that. So I think you made the right choices. No, oh, I appreciate that. And, and yeah, I completely and utterly agree with you. And I, I think Swift UI, it certainly makes making a better looking app easy, but obviously mm. there's, and I'm not trying to imply that you're, you are attempting to take this away from me, but you know, there's, there is me in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got to make the decisions. You're going to make the choices. Totally. Well, but nevertheless, it was way easier, way yeah. easier to do this in Swift UI to your point than it would have been in UI kit. Um, so yeah, so I, in that sense, uh, I, I certainly am very proud of how it looks. I, it's not perfect by any means, but I think it looks really good. The combination of Swift UI, SF symbols, which if you're not familiar, is like, 
it's, it's I, how can I summarize it? It's it's a bunch of glyphs that you can use in your app, uh, royalty free. And so, like the emoji headers when you bring up the drawer, so the drawer is tall. Those are all F- SF symbols. Everything in settings, all those glyphs are SF symbols. Yeah, by and large, I really like SF, SF symbols. I think that there are some apps that have used them and it doesn't work, um, mm-hmm. or they've they were using something custom and the custom I preferred. But I understand why developers want to go in that route. Like it, yeah. It is encouraged, and your life will be easier. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. So, so, like by and large, I think it is helping a lot of apps look better from the beginning. For example, mm-hmm. is providing more and more tools uh, and resources for people to to make their ideas a reality, which I think is good, and it's what they should be doing as the platform vendor. Yep, completely agree. I don't have any good segue for this one. I'm sorry. All right, well, I why not I, how about I just jump in? Can, how about this? Hi, considering, hi, Jim. No, no, no. This is all in. Considering that you have a new business, Casey, you have a new thing. You need a domain name, right? Ah, yes. I probably should get a new domain name. Where oh can my I go God, to do that not, sort of thing? Have you actually not done this? What <laughs> is wrong with you? I, I probably well, let me should. tell you, Casey, about the place that you should be going, and that is Hover, one of Relay FM's longest-running sponsors. So it should be in your brain, because this is where you go when you have that big idea, when you have that new project you want to get out into the world. Your business starts with a domain name, and for many entrepreneurs, Hover is that first big step, and it should be because it's the best. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions that you can choose from. No matter what you want to build, there is a domain name waiting for it, and they have the very best technical support to answer any questions you may have because Hover is dedicated to getting you online and upselling you. Hover gives free who is privacy so bad guys don't get your information. They have a really great system. Everything looks wonderful and it works great. Great user experience. And they're always doing to- uh, sales. You, every month you can go and get sales on popular top-level domains. It is easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses. And I will say... I have used uh, Hover for for years, longer than they've even been a sponsor. They are my registrar of choice. I have so many domains at Hover because it's really easy to manage them. It's really easy to set up forwards and set them up with different services. Super, super good. So I know that listeners of this show love great user experiences, things that work just right out of the box, and that's why I know you're going to love Hover. Buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com slash analog and you'll get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That is Hover.com slash analog. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Or thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. Did you get one? Breaking news. During the ad break, this is hand to God, this is the truth. During the ad break, as long as this processing dialogue goes away as I keep talking, I have bought masquerade.app on Hover. There that we is go. God's Good honest work. truth. So Good work to you. Yep, there we go. It is still processing as we speak, but uh, it will be done. Oh, there it is. Done and done. Thanks for choosing Hover. Your order is complete. Masquerade.com was taken. But they do that thing. Hover do that thing. And I have used this with Hover, where they will go and buy a domain for you. Uh, Like somebody else owns it, and you can Mm -hmm. buy it. Like Mm -hmm. They tell you the amount. We did it for themesystem.com. It was (laughs) eye-watering. I can only imagine. I don't even want to tell you. It was. I don't want to know. It was an eye-watering amount of money, but was deemed, and I think was correctly deemed, a very valid and necessary thing for me and Gray to own. Mm, and so, mm-hmm. you know, we just, we did it before. It was kind of like, let's do it now before it becomes only worse. 
later because these things, <laughs> they only go up, right? The more yep, you want yep, them, yep. the more money you'll pay. Yep. Uh, and Hover were great. They handled it all for us. We just put in the offer with them. Uh, they went and went and did it and bought the domain and now we own it. And now we just, we renew it for the small fee every year, you know, like the regular mm-hmm. fee, which is, mm-hmm. you know, you pay high, they do the auction, buy the domain for you, now it's yours. So yeah, yeah worth it. Oh, Hover's good stuff. It really honestly is. Oh, sorry. So how do you feel right now before it's kind of out big time to the world, people will be hearing this later. I like this. This is like the moment in time of Casey this. <laughs> How do you feel about the final product? Are you proud of it? I am. I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's flawless by any means, um, but I think it's pretty darn good. And one of the advantages of, of SwiftUI is that it's really designed to make program and Swift actually as well, just straight up Swift as well. It's designed to make apps less crashy. Now, obviously they can still crash and mass masquerade very well may do so at some point as well. But generally speaking, one of the things that's very difficult about writing in UI kit is that it, 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 every thing you see on the screen and all of the, the stuff associated with it, it all has its own state. Like is, is this on or off? Is this up or down? Is this left or right? Where is this? What is this, et cetera. And when you have all of these different components on screen, all managing state in a different way or potentially trying to get a different per- like perception or view of the same state it can make things really easy to get out of whack and in kind of out of sync with each other in mm-hmm. swift ui one of the things it's very good at is saying this is the piece that owns this bit of state and nobody else needs to care about it and that makes it less crashy and less prone to error, which is great. Remind me of this when I realize there's some glaring bug that we didn't find in like test flight review or something there. like that. Like, you know, yeah, that. yeah, you've been doing this. But for all in now. all, I think you've already hit the nail on the head. Like, I think this is far and away the best looking app I've written. I think it functions well. It, it's typical Casey style and do one thing and do it well. I uh-huh. think you know, vignette was like that. Peak of view was like that, uh, and and masquerade is like that. But I like that it's much better looking. It's certainly, especially in the settings section, there's some places that I think it could be better designed, but it's not it's not terrible right now. And in the high touch areas of the app, I think are reasonably well designed. They're no they're not perfect, but they're pretty good. Um, I think it works well. I think it 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 does what it says on the tin. And I think that it could be really useful to a whole bunch of people in a way that a vignette hypothetically could have been maybe if you were willing to put in the work of editing all your contacts to put in the necessary information. Uh, Peak of you, I think, was always kind of a niche product, which was fine. I mean, it was again, I was scratching an itch, and that's okay. But this one, I think. So, if I'm honest with with you and and the listeners. I think this one has the most potential of any of my apps. Now, it may be that three people buy it, and that's that. No, Vignette but... did. Vignette did, but you just weren't willing that's to. That's true. And I understand. This is not a criticism. You were not willing to take that app to the places that it could have gone to. But that, that was like a very true. different and not the areas you particularly wanted to go to. So there's a difference yeah. between like potential and like desire. Like, you know? Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. I think I you're right about that. I agree with you that this one doing just the thing it's supposed to do it has potentially, especially now that you did open it up a little bit more, like not just like it's just an automatic face detection thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, once you open it up to be like, well, now you can like arbitrarily add whatever emoji you want anywhere on the image. Like it, it opens it up to people that are not just parents that want to hide their children's faces. Yep. Totally. Um, and so, and it does that thing so well that it does make it like just a useful tool for people to own. 
Like for exactly. me, it's like this exactly. is just like an easy way for me to put emoji on images, like which is a thing that I do want to do on occasion, and otherwise is very complicated to do in a way that I want to do, like want to do it. So yeah, it's good at that. But like vignette could have been like an entire thing, like a whole <laughs> thing. But that would have been maybe outside of what one person could do as well. You know? Yeah. Really. Well, I think so. the the thing with vignette is as it stood, it needed. I would need to, in order to make it a thing, it would have needed to like support logging into Twitter, logging into Facebook, yeah. logging into this, LinkedIn. logging into that. And and I didn't have a whole lot of interest in that, as you were no. saying. And so in order for vignette to be a whole thing, it would have had to be a whole thing. If you know what I mean? Like it would have, and this is what you're saying, you know, it, it would have, it would have been an immense amount of work, particularly for just one human. And I'm not sure that that was really the direction I wanted to go with it, which is why I sunset no. it. But peak of you, Peak of View is always going to be niche, and and Masquerade, I think, really has potential to take off. I'm not expecting it to be, you know, extremely popular, but th- there's at least a prayer. So you're saying there's a chance, you know, and so um, it it could be, and I'm hopeful. I'm 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 I don't know if I'd go so far as to say optimistic, but I'm hopeful, and. It seems like I've gotten some nibbles from Apple press. You know, when I say press, I mean, you know, people in our little world, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, you know people like nine to five or I'm or something like that. And that's helpful. Uh, what made vignettes get such an incredible splash was it just so happened to be picked up by TechCrunch, which I wish I could tell you I orchestrated, but I didn't. Um, but I think, you know, Masquerade could, if, if the stars align properly or even close to properly, I think it could be pretty popular and I think it could be a decent moneymaker. Um, but I'm not actually expecting that. I'm just super duper hopeful. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. I'm very intrigued, honestly. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how this one is going to go for you. Like, I, I yeah, really too. don't, I don't, I don't know, you know? Neither do I. <laughs> Neither do I. And also, I mean, we'll see how the next month or two goes. You know, I have a couple of minor things that I, I'm planning on doing. Uh, soon Apple will be releasing um, the next version of iOS. Uh, and as, In fact, as we are recording this, they haven't even announced what everyone believes to be next week's event, which I started listening to the upgrade on that, which is very good. Um, and so presumably iOS, whatever, I think it's 15.3, 15.4, something like that will be out uh-huh. soon. And I believe that is the one that's slated to come with a whole new batch of emoji. And one of the things I wrote into uh, Masquerade is using a tip from my friend Guy Rambo. Uh, it actually uses CloudKit only for the purpose of potentially downloading new sets of emoji, even without having a new copy of the app. And I've tested that as much as I possibly can so far. We'll see what really happens when iOS 15.4 comes out and I try to go into iCloud and say, okay, let's, you know, those of you who are on 15.4, it's time for new emoji and we'll see. We'll see if that works. So that'll be fun for everyone, especially me, to see if that works out the way I want it to. But yeah. um, but no, I'm, I'm really, I'm excited about it. I'm excited that it's out. Like, uh, not that it's been a particular slog, but any anytime you release something to the world, even something you're excited about, it's still, it, there are moments that are tough. And I'm excited to get it out the door. I'm excited that it'll be in other people's hands. I'm excited that the test flight response, you know, the people who have beta tested it, has been good. I mean, not everyone has said this is the exact thing I need. Oh my God, it's solved all of my problems, but it's, nobody has said, oh, this is trash. And maybe that's just because they're nice. But I think, you know, I have some trusted people like Mike on there that would tell me, no, this is garbage. And, and nobody said that yet. So Mm -hmm. here's hoping, I don't know. We'll see what happens. 
Uh, I one of the things that I did like about the app, which I didn't know it did, which I think is cool, that you have it so it will automatically update all of the emoji as new ones get added, right? Yeah, that's that's, that's what cool. I was talking about with this iCloud thing. Is that yeah? Um, you know, when it, it will automatically update insofar as I have to go in on my end and say and tell iCloud, you know, oh, to have all the masquerade instances, you know, that when they look for the newest copy of emoji, here's the new copy, and and that. Again, I've tested as best I can, but we'll see if it actually works. Um, but that'll be coming soon with iOS 15.4 or whatever that next version is. Right. Okay. I'm I'm excited. Hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful and excited. Yeah, because that's going to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's going to be like any day now, right? But right, like it's exactly. it's the automatic updating, which I thought was cool because that's like, and we were talking about this before too, of like um, not using the emoji as images actually using the emoji themselves as Apple wants you to mm-hmm. is important because there was all this like hubbub about like app review and stuff and yeah, all yeah, of yeah. that. And, support. and I assume your app review process was good. Uh, yeah, actually. So this is the second, the, the, the version that's coming out is 2022.2, uh, which is to say it's the second release in 2022. I never actually hit the go button on the first release what I had done was I'd sent the first release through app review and it was in a position where it would have been fine if that's the one that came out to the app store. But more than anything else, I was at a point that I wanted to just see if app review was going to stomp on my face or not. Cause I was worried that they would feel like I was using their IP with the emoji. I was worried. Um, there were a couple other things I was worried about. Um, you know, that, that, that I was using the emoji in a way that they didn't approve and so on. And so I wanted to send IAP through. Oh, and that's what it was. Guy Rambo had said to me, oh, well, you're, you're gating the use of emoji behind an app purchase. And early, early, early on in, in iPhone land, you could buy an app that would like unlock the emoji keyboard. This was before it was something you could easily do in settings. And then Apple really took, took issue with that once they added the setting to add the emoji keyboard. Uh, and understandably so. And so mm. there were a lot of variables with my business model here that made me wonder if app review was going to be ticked about it. And so I sent a version through just to see if it would get through and it did, and it did without any particular issue. And then I added, um, the screenshots that were, you know, uh, done also by Steve and I added, I did a couple of minor bug fixes and then sent that through late last week, or maybe it was early this week, one or the other. And, um, and that also made it through app review. And that's, a, that's the version that's going to be rolling out is, is 2022.2. So, so far, knock on glass and it's a shame, I would knock on shame you don't have any uh, complaints for your Apple podcasting. Yeah. yeah you right. know? Uh, I don't know. I have things I can complain about with regard to this <laughs> app. Don't you worry. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. you I know. know. Me. Imagine that. Come on. Um, no. But, but all in all, the, you know, app review was not on the list of complaints. It was just fine. Do you have a future roadmap? Uh, some, I have something like, so I write all the code and, and I use GitHub as version source control. And I also use GitHub issues, which is to say, that's where I track, you know, what things do I want to work on and what things are, are bugs and things of that nature. Maybe I sound like a moron here, but do you write your code directly into Xcode? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, so what you do is you write into Xcode and then you use Git to upload it in onto GitHub and GitHub acts as like a, not only a backup, but that's where all the different versions. Is of, that a thing? Like does, would some developers write somewhere else and then put it into Xcode or is that just silly? Uh, I feel like I have heard people do this with like BB edit or something else, but that's what I was thinking of. But. Particularly for iOS development, it seems kind of silly, but right. you could do it. 
Um, but you know, for, for any number of other flavors of development, you can use any number of other, you know, co- code editors. Now you used to use Visual Studio, right? That was your, that was your channel. Yeah, that's right. And, and for my, for my, uh, website, I use Visual Studio Code, which is very different than regular Visual Studio, but still on, on the same umbrella. But yeah, so I'm looking at GitHub and, um, I have 12 issues in GitHub. Now, some of that is like, you know, just make a checklist before I released, which is basically done. Uh, some of that is things that I may or may not ever do. Um, like another example, like one of these is, Hey, if I wanted to explore a different monetization model, you know, here's an idea of what I could do there, but I have 12 issues outstanding that I'll need to either, you know, close or go through and uh, fun tidbit. It was 203 commits to, from start to finish. So that means the very first time I checked in code to GitHub, that was the first commit. And I did 202 commits after that, uh, in order to, get to the version that we have today. And again, that lasted about six months or thereabouts. So it was a lot. And I guess for you, like it is now about waiting to hear what people are asking for. Cause exactly. you're either going to get things you hadn't thought of, which are cool features to add mm-hmm. or your, the features that you have in your mind or in your list of things. Um, you kind of get like an unofficial voting system to help you rank them based on the feedback that you get. Yeah, and I'm I'm hopeful. I mean, I'm super hopeful that it'll be positive. I'm hopeful that it'll be actionable. You know, it's not going to really be people see being... how it could be negative. Like I, unless I you've agree. missed something and it breaks, like <laughs> exactly. But I, I would be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a simple enough problem set that it should knock on glass. It should be okay. But I'm, I'm trying not to count my chickens. If I was you, I would be looking forward to all of the ways in which it does unexpected things, which is like mm-hmm. not a problem, but like what does it put an emoji on that it shouldn't, you know, like, <laughs> right. which yeah, is, yeah. there's nothing you can do about that. That's the, the visual, like the machine learning, right? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be slip ups. That's going to be fun for you. I feel like. Yeah. And actually, and, and, and one of the things I am genuinely very scared of is, Oh, it didn't detect this face or, Oh, the, the face it detected was off by 30 pixels. And there is a chance that's my fault. But for the most part, I just say to Apple, hey, here's the photo. Tell me where the faces are. And it says, yeah. okay. And it gives also, me, like, you know. What is good about the app is like you can adjust it. There has been right. an ongoing war between me and Casey of how big the emoji should be. <laughs> I always want them to be bigger and he makes yeah. them bigger and it's still not big enough. Like, But for my taste, I just make them, a little, I just pinch and make them a little bigger. Like that's And actually that is on the roadmap. I, I told you I would do it and I haven't done it yet, but have something in settings, which will basically say, all right, whatever Apple gives me is the size of the face take, you know, add 20% onto that. Yep. And that'll be the default, you know, size that I use. And and I mm-hmm. intend to do that, but I haven't done it yet. Just a little slider. Give me a slider. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Inbiggen the emoji, as Tony Inbiggen, says. Inbiggen, that's agree. such a good word. Please the emoji. Yep. Well, I'm excited for you. I hope you make bags of cash and swim in the praise of your peers. I hope so. I mean, I'm hopeful. And, and I have to say, you know, it was in no small part to feedback from Mike, amongst other people, but Mike in particular, that really helped shape this to be what it is. And, and you, know, you I think, know, you know, I loved it when I got a very specific paragraph of my own in your announcement post. You know, that's like catnip for me, you know, <laughs> so I appreciate it. <laughs> no, a big not smile only that. on my face. It's like, finally, I get the recognition I deserve. Right. But what's worse is what really makes me angry is that I felt like I owed you so much. <sighs> I put in a mic was right. Yeah, no, I, that was that was a big surprise to me, but I was happy about it. I know it's 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 something I hate to admit, but hashtag Mike was right. 
I'm going to make a shrine website of my own to this moment, and it's going to be on Squarespace <laughs> because they are the all-in-one platform to build your <laughs> nice. online presence Nicely and run done. your business from websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics. Squarespace has you covered by combining cutting-edge design with world-class engineering to make it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. Squarespace has everything that you need to create that beautiful modern website that you dream of. You start with one of their professionally designed beautiful templates Templates that you can customize so easily using their drag and drop tools. And every single Squarespace website is optimized for mobile. Your content automatically adjusts so it's going to look great on any device. And you have complete control over how you customize the look, the feel, the settings, and even the products that you have on sale with just a few clicks. What I love about Squarespace is that I don't need to install anything, upgrade anything, patch anything. It's just all taking care of it for me out of the box. I get unlimited hosting, top of the line security, and dependable resources. That's what I love. It's why I've used Squarespace for over 10 years. That podcast mentorship website that I was mentioning earlier, I made that on Squarespace. I built the form. So like there's a form that I connected to a Google Sheet that's all built into Squarespace. So it's easy for me to do. I really, really love it. So there's nothing to patch or upgrade. You get a 24-7 customer support. You can grab a domain name with them, SEO and email marketing tools. Whatever you want to use Squarespace for, whether it's to make a site for your business, announce an event, publish a blog post, show off your work of a portfolio. doesn't matter what it is. Go to squarespace.com analog and you can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code analog and you'll save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com analog and when you sign up, use the offer code analog to get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. So also going on in my world right now mm. is severely loosening COVID restrictions. And for an American to say restriction, that's probably quite funny for you to hear because our, our restrictions have been like basically wide open compared to the UK. But um, things are getting much, much looser around these parts these days. Uh, since we last spoke, uh, it became optional for Declan to wear a mask at school. Now it is optional for everyone to wear a mask at school, including his teachers. And he informed us uh, when this changed, I believe it was yesterday, uh, he informed us that his teacher, for example, definitely is now without a mask. And that's lightly terrifying to me. Um, the CDC has announced that for most of the country, you can consider masking indoors optional. Um, there's been a lot of change recently with regard to COVID restrictions, and I think I'm handling it pretty well. I like to think I'm doing okay with it, but uh, it is mildly terrifying nonetheless to have all this change going on. How's it over in your neck of the woods? I don't really know anymore. Oh, preach. You know, like there are no restrictions here anymore. Uh, mm. Free testing is coming to an end. When you say that, you mean the at-home stuff or like the in-person stuff? Uh, the at-home kits, that's coming to an end now. Hmm. And so you have to buy them. And they're going to be subsidized, I expect, uh, by the government. So they'll be cheaper, cheaper than they are for you. But you have to pay for them. Uh, basically, the the line that the government, and like, you know, things like you don't have to self-isolate anymore. There's no legal requirement to do it. You're not legally required to tell your employer if you have covid Basically, the way that it's being treated here now from a, a government perspective is COVID is like any other illness, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? You are not legal. If you have the flu or norovirus, you are not legally required to do anything about that, you know? Right, right, right. Now, my kind of feeling on this is like, eventually, 
at some point in the from now into the rest of human history, that has to become the way that we deal with coronavirus. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if that time is now. I have <laughs> That's no way exactly of knowing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at a certain point, yes, that is how we will handle coronavirus. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like that time is now, but I wouldn't be able to tell you when it is. So uh, the, at this point, so like, you know, there's a lot of talk about like personal responsibility, you know? Mhm. And that's how I'm running it. Like it will be my it is my personal responsibility now to do things the way that I want to do them. And that still means limiting some of the things that I do in the world, taking extra care, blah blah blah, masks, etc etc etc. That's my personal choice. As soon as there's more covid boosters, I'll get them. Um like I think that they're talking here about like another one for older people coming in the spring sometime and the way that things have been so far here like they say it's just for older people and then like and more people more at risk and then eventually they give it to everyone right they just right, right, begins right. that's how the, the it's gone for every single part of this so far and i expect that i will then just from now for forever get a covid booster along with my flu shot yep yep look there's this thing at the moment, like I see it online, people say like post-pandemic or the pandemic's over and then people go, the pandemic's not over. And then people go, but yes, it is. And it's like, look, <laughs> we all know what this stuff means, right? Like it is different now. Is it different for everyone? No, but it is different now, right? Than it yeah. was a year ago, than it was two years ago. And a lot of the world is up and moving again. Um, I am, we are, my family up and moving again in a way, right? It's just like, you know, I went and got my hair cut today. I'm um, taking my mom out for dinner tonight. And this weekend, we're getting on a plane and going to Memphis, right? On the face of it, that is these things. But these things in practice, in actuality, they're very different now to what they were two and a half years ago. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, the we are eating outside. I hate eating outside in the old world. I would never eat outside. <laughs> I don't yep. like eating outside. <laughs> I want to yeah, go yeah. inside the restaurant to eat. Why would I eat outside on the street? I don't want to eat outside on the street. We're eating outside tonight because that's just yep. what we're going to do, right? Yep. Um, it's like, why would I eat outside on the street? There's cars. There's like fumes. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. I want to eat inside the restaurant. But if we do that way less now than we used to. Like we just booked a thing. Mother's Day is different time for you and us, right? Our Mother's Day is in March. Oh, yeah, ours is May, I believe. Freaks me out every single time when the American Mother's Day, like, hey, it's Mother's Day. Oh, my God, I forgot. Oh, no, no. I didn't realize that it was two months ago. <laughs> so, like, but we've booked a meal for, we're taking my mom out for Mother's Day. We're doing it outside, right? Mm. Like, these are the things that are different. But in it, we are in a different place now. I don't think it's right to completely remove all restrictions. But I honestly, honestly, I'll say it now, I will never feel like that's the right thing to do. Like, I will feel like there is, there is like this doubt in my mind. So I'm just going to roll with it and we'll see what happens. And, you know, the government's saying that like, but hey, look, we've been tricked before. <laughs> so, you know, if things go bad, then we'll change this. Um, yeah. And I'm just going to have to, I just have to choose to just... Trust that there are smart people that are looking at this because that helps me sleep at night and then also just make my own decisions. Yep, I agree with everything you said. Uh, for us, it's 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 been tough for me um, because my 
natural inclination is to be full on chicken little. And I'm really, really actively working on being better about that. And I'm really trying genuinely very hard to let us and me be a little more out in the world than we have been before. We're still not eating indoors. Um, you know, we'll still eat outside or get takeout. Uh, we're generally avoiding the inside still. Um, and this is all because of Michaela. And I don't mean that in a, in a nasty way. It's just, she is not eligible at this time to get her vac- vaccine or vaccination or whatever. Um, and so, uh, because of that, we're still playing it pretty safe, like not crazy safe. We still do things. We are still going indoors in certain circumstances, you know, occasionally the kids are in school. Now, as of right now, Declan is still wearing his mask, but I suspect that throughout the remainder of the school year, fewer and fewer of his classmates will wear masks. And then at that point, are we doing unfair damage to Declan asking him to wear his mask when he's like the last one in the class doing it, you know? And so we've told him, you know, Hey, when, if, if, if the trend changes, cause right now he said it's like all but a couple of kids if, that are masked. Uh, if the trend changes and suddenly you're looking around and you're like one of the last ones, like, let's talk about it and let's, let's explore that. No kid wants to be the only kid. Exactly. In anything. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Cause then you just open yourself up to get bullied. Right. And then it's just like, well, then what's worse for him? Who the frick knows? Yeah. Yep. And and that's the thing. It's like, well, are we doing damage to Michaela by helping Declan? Are we helping Michaela by damaging Declan? I don't know. But um, but anyways, so I'm trying to be better about it. Um, there was a really good post um from uh I think it's it is a Substack that I don't typically follow, but I was pointed to it um by my friend Ross. It the this is your local epidemiologist, which I probably pronounced wrong, but that's right. This was from early this month. And this is an American woman, um, but she put together this like chart sort of thing that says, you know, hey, for me, says the American, uh, this is Caitlin Jettelina. Uh, So uh, Caitlin says, for me, this is how I am managing like risk levels and things of that nature. And so basically the first step is in the area in which you're either visiting or living or what have you are more than 85% of the people done with both vaccines. And I can tell you in America, that's basically nowhere. So that doesn't count for me, but your second tier question is, all right, what is the, the number of cases per hundred thousand people for the last week? And if based on that number, there's different bands. So if there's more than a hundred people that were infected with Corona in the last week, more than a hundred out of out of a hundred thousand in the last week. Well, that's really bad news. You got to be super safe, you know, et cetera, et cetera. If there's less than 10, then screw it. It's the old times again. And then there's orange and yellow in the middle. And so looking at the particular area, not where, where I live, don't be creepy. Um, there, the, the number is 20.6 new cases per 100,000, which in this chart says it's yellow, which is the second best one. So blue is the best. Yellow is next. This is a cool chart. And, and this I love because yeah. it's, it's, it's really now it's obviously just one person's opinion, but this person is an epidemiologist, uh, but it, it's really easy to say based on the numbers, where, where should you at least start from now? Obviously you can make your own decisions. You can do whatever you want, but where should you start from? And so for yellow, one of the things it says is indoor dining is okay. I'm not personally at that point, so I'm not going to be following this chart to a T, but I like that it appears based on numbers that we're in a position that where I live, it shouldn't be a terrible, terrible risk to go eat inside. I'm still not going to do it, but it's at least something that could be considered. And 
And so it's things like this, tools like this that I'm using to try really, really, really hard to convince myself that the world isn't ending. So I don't know, we'll see, but it's scary. I'm, I'm scared for you to be flying across the planet. Like, I don't think you're making an unreasonable choice by any means. And you've already done it once and it was fine. You were safe, yeah, we've been on but a few it just planes scares now. me, you know? Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm scared for you. I'm excited for you. I mean, if I think of all transport, planes are better than anything else I get on. That's also very true. Because yeah. masks are enforced and there's a good like air filtration system. Exactly right. I'm actually not worried. It's not the plane that concerns me. The airport is more of a concern to me than the plane. Yeah, and that's what I've heard is that the plane is actually really good unless you're sitting like directly adjacent to someone who is, you know, belching up COVID germs. But the only thing that frustrates me is like having a mask on for 10 hours. Yeah, that does not sound fun to me and at all. Because Memphis is like impossible. It's two flights, you know, uh, it's a long, yeah. long travel day. So it's a 10 hour yeah. flight and like a two hour flight or something. Uh, where where are you uh, transferring? O'Hare? Uh, Chicago, or New York? yeah. Chicago there, Dallas on the way back. Okay, that makes sense. I wanted to touch on one last thing before we end, which I think yeah. has been like an interesting thing that I have um, come across with COVID stuff. So, you know, you hear a lot of the time people say like, oh, it's a shared experience that the whole world had, right? Like we all experienced this together. And it's true, right? Everyone around the world, um, no matter where you are, we all experience the same kind of thing. What it has done, I think, too, though, is create this weird national like pride thing which I think is misguided a lot of the time. Because like the w- way this manifested for me recently was um, when it announced that the UK removed one of their restrictions, I saw a lot of American friends and, and friends of friends on Twitter making jokes about the UK. Really? Yeah, it's just like, oh, they removed all the restrictions. But like us removing our restrictions put us at the same level as America. Like <laughs> there is... Like we had more restrictions than you did. They actually came from the government, right? From our like central body. And like now the idea is that it should be like local councils can make their own decisions about this stuff. It was just like so fascinating to me to be like, oh, that was, you know, that was a stupid idea to do that. It's like, yeah, sure. But like, what are your rules? There are none. It's the Wild West over there. Like it's so interesting to me. To see this, like, oh, well, that's stupid, stupid UK. I mean, like, and uh, and as well, like, the jokes were easy because the same day the Queen test deposit for COVID. Oh, I don't, I didn't know that. Yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. Charles got it for the second time, and then uh, seems to have passed it along to the Queen. She seems to be fine, you know. Like, I think this is one of those things where, like, she's like, oh, here we go. As of today, Queen recovers to carry out virtual engagements. So, like, she, was, she wasn't she was doing... Queen's been on Zoom a lot the last couple of years. Um, and she was not doing those things even for a couple of days. Like, she clearly was, like, under the weather, right? They were saying, like, mm-hmm. mild symptoms. But, like, you know, she's 95 years old. Like, even just a cold, like, it's going to put her out yeah. for a bit. So she took a, time, took a little bit of time off. Um, but, yeah, like, people were, like, you know, drawing the lines, making fun jokes. Ha, ha, ha. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, but it's just, like, this weird thing of, like people just look to other places and like point at them and it's just like really it's just been this weird part of like the 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 not so great part of the fact that we've all um experienced this thing together so it's funny to me yeah i didn't see any of that and i suppose i wouldn't have but it seems to me well but you've seen it but it doesn't hit you maybe i, right? I don't when i see it it hits me at like that, a, yeah. a, a, a le- like a level that upsets me because it's kind of like how dare you <laughs> my I great don't blame nation you. no i don't yeah, blame you whatever. at all because it's so preposterous to me for i mean 
there are a lot of things that Americans think we're better at than we really are. But one of the big ones these days, other than government, is we you know, we we have been a mess. We've been an absolute mess with our COVID response. It's been awful. Like, granted, we were largely responsible, if I thought, with coming up with vaccines. Not uniquely responsible, but largely. Oh man, I can't even. Don't but even. the one, first one way or vaccine, another. the first one, came from here. Came from, from Oxford. Yes. Oh, it's like you have erased one. this from your brain. I you see. Know? I I I guess I did. So okay. So one way or another, uh, we we are really terrible at just about everything. And what and what we're uniquely terrible at these days, other than government, is our COVID response. Like mm-hmm. for all the things for an American to be throwing stones about, this seems to be really low on the list. That I, you know that is not the stone I would be picking up. The one marked COVID response because it's been terrible. It's been absolutely awful. Uh, that's, that's, I'm sorry you've been put through that because that's, that's garbage. I mean, what? I'm not being put through anything. Like, it, it, well, also, I could just be less annoyed. You know what I mean? Like, I could just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, I well, also don't annoyed, have to be bothered by it. But it's just a fun, it's just funny, you know? I really look forward to reading a textbook one day about this. In how t- the textbook will be Americans and how they screwed no, everything no, up. No, no, no. Just, it's just like everyone did. No one, no one dealt with it well. You know, like it's like again, it's like I feel like I see this thing where people are like, country A, B, and C do- is they have a great response. Why aren't we like them? And then like three months later, country A, B, and C back in lockdowns again because of <laughs> outbreak. Like no one yeah. dealt with this well. We all just dealt yeah, with it yeah, yeah. differently, and it's just like varying levels of things, right? Where it's like you know, like everyone looked at New Zealand of like, look what they did. This is so good, but then. There's been this, I've seen a lot of other reports of like, well, in doing this, it meant that people didn't get their vaccines. And then it's just like, well, then what? There is just varying levels, I feel like, of the way that this has been dealt with. And it's going to be many years, I think, before we have any understanding of what was the right thing to do. Like, ultimately, what was the right concoction of things that could have been done to make this manageable? Four different places, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's when I just look forward to those textbooks that that kids <laughs> will be taught in school, like every other big event in world history, and like what what lessons will be drawn from it. I don't know. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And uh, real time follow up. It sounds like I am making up the fact that Americans were at all involved with vaccine development based on the chat room. So my apologies. I love you. This is an American exceptionalism type thing. Uh, yeah, it's I like, think you're right. I think your you're right. government told you this, right? They, <laughs> I, I don't know where right? I got this from, to be honest, but probably. I've seen this a lot. Like, and, you know, like, especially the outgoing government like to talk about this a lot. Mm, that is true. Of like, the, w- Americans made the vaccines and have helped the entire planet. But I don't know how true that is. Yeah, I don't know. I, well, the, apparently Moderna came from us. So I'll, I'll claim that I'm that not was Dolly entirely Parton. wrong. Dolly Parton made that. <laughs> Do you yes, know exactly. this? No, she funded like a whole bunch of it, didn't yeah. she, or something like that? Yeah, a lot of the research. She's the yeah. best. She is the best. 